Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, a licensed clinical professional counselor in Annapolis, Maryland. We're on a break from the podcast for the month of December, but I am re-releasing the top three episodes of the year. While I'm on break, I will be posting on social media at Woman Warriors on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. But I will also be behind the scenes creating a brand new Facebook group for all of you woman warriors. And I really hope you will join me there. We'll be sharing the podcast episodes, our thoughts about them, things we worry about, strategies to help each other and support each other in this worrying time. So I look forward to seeing you all in 2020. This week, we have the number three episode downloaded this year in 2019. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Uh, Today, I am recording from my home, so it's a little bit different space because one, I'm in my home and not in my office. So you might hear my little doggy walking around. I'm hoping he's not going to start barking madly at the postman or somebody knocking at the door. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of podcasters and podcasts. The first one is called Hypnotize Me. You can find it at hypnotizeme.com. Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet talks about hypnosis, transformation, and healing, and she offers some hypnosis um, episodes where you actually get to be hypnotized by her. She's got an amazing voice and fun to listen to. She was on the podcast a little while ago, and so you can check out her episode as well here on Woman Warriors. The second podcast is called Emotions in Harmony with Carmen Roman. She has both Spanish and English language episodes, which is really amazing. And um, she talks about living in emotional harmony on her podcast. So check out those two podcasts if you're looking for something new to tune into. I'll be taking a break uh, next week. I am going on vacation and looking forward to having some time off, and I don't want to pressure myself into trying to get an episode out while I'm away, because not really sure what the internet connection will be like, but also, it's just nice to take a break sometime. So, I will see you back here in two weeks. Thanks for being with me today, because today I'm going to be talking about self-compassion. I presented on the topic uh, about two weeks ago here in Annapolis for an Ignite event. So if you haven't heard Ignite of Ignite events, they're like TED Talks, except they're only five minutes long. So you have five minutes to present on a topic of your choice. 
Um, I was honored to be picked to present on self-compassion. So you have five minutes, you have 20 slides, and the slides automatically advance every 15 seconds. So it takes some timing and preparation to get the talk down, but, uh, you know, to really have it so it flows with the slides. And being an introvert, having a little bit of anxiety about it definitely brought up a lot of stuff for me. And um, I was pretty proud of myself to for standing in front of 500 people and giving this presentation. When I got up on stage uh, after the first slide, second slide maybe, I realized that my cards that were my uh, little helpers, you know, had some identifying words on some three by five cards to help me in case I forgot what I was going to say, that they were completely out of order. When I had rehearsed earlier in the evening, I somehow mixed them all up and I never double checked them. The top card was right, so I was confident that they were all in order. And so you'll hear me utter an expletive right at the beginning, because I'm going to include the presentation later in this podcast. But um, yeah, so you'll hear me say (laughs) a curse word, and then I go on and gave the talk anyway, and just did it from memory, which actually probably was better for me to know that I could do that off the top of my head and remember all the things that I had hoped to say. So here is my presentation on self-compassion that I gave here in Annapolis for Ignite. Good evening. I'm Elizabeth Cush, and tonight I'm talking about Be Your Own BFF, Loving Yourself and Others, Pimples and All. I'm a therapist, blogger, and podcaster here in Annapolis, and tonight I'm talking about self-compassion and why it's so important. I am an introvert and have struggled with anxiety for most of my life, so you can imagine how presenting here tonight has made me feel. So when I started my business years ago, excuse me, my anxiety kicked into overdrive and my inner critical demons made me crazy with self-doubt. What might you say to someone who is struggling with the same thing? Here's what I was saying to myself. Who do you think you are? You don't know anything about business or marketing. You're probably going to fail. Pretty harsh, right? Fortunately, I had friends and colleagues who introduced me to the concept of self-compassion. I bought books, I listened to CDs, I watched videos, and I practiced. And you know what? It helped to reduce my anxiety and stress. But not only that, it made me more compassionate towards others who were struggling. I began to see how my clients' self-doubts, self-judgments, and harsh inner critical thoughts were feeding their anxious and depressed feelings. So now, 
I advocate for more self-compassion and less self-criticism because it can change our relationship with ourself and with others. So what is self-compassion? It's not self-esteem, which relies on competition and one-upmanship, creating feelings of disconnection from family, friends, coworkers, and teammates. Instead, self-compassion allows that we all have strengths, and your strengths don't diminish mine. For me to feel good about me, I don't have to feel badly about you. And self-compassion isn't about closing our eyes to our mistakes, our struggles, our frustrations. Instead, self-compassion recognizes that we're all imperfect. So even when we struggle with eating too much or drinking too much or yelling at our kids, we can recognize with compassion that we can do things differently. And it's not about self-pity, which leaves us feeling alone when we're struggling, making us feel isolated. Instead, self-compassion recognizes that we all struggle. And when we recognize and when we can realize that we're not alone in our suffering, it makes us feel less isolated. So why is it so hard? Because we often use criticism for motivation, but criticism activates our fight-flight response, which makes us even more distressed. But with self-compassion, we can learn to soothe our nervous system, allowing us to think more... Oops, uh, wrong one. So, but our brains can't tell the difference between yelling at ourselves and being in actual danger. With self-compassion, we can learn to soothe our nervous system, making it easier to think clearly, problem-solve more effectively, and focus our attention on what's next. So let's practice being our own BFFs. Let's embrace our common humanity and imperfections. For a moment, close your eyes, place your hands on your heart, and think of something that you've struggled with. Now say to yourself, that was a moment of suffering. Everyone struggles from time to time. May I be kind and accept myself as I am. I've healed and I've seen my clients heal through the practice of self-compassion. I know that we can create stronger bonds with ourselves and others if we open our hearts. So it was a pretty vulnerable moment. It was pretty hard being up there on stage. But again, as I said, I'm super glad I did it. I got a lot of great feedback from the audience and from friends. And it is something I can chalk up to 
putting myself out there in a way that felt uncomfortable, but that I was very proud of later. Shortly after that presentation, I went on a week-long intensive mindful self-compassion retreat. So me and 90 other people gathered here in uh, Reisterstown, Maryland with... uh, Both Kristen Neff, who is the author of the book Self-Compassion, and Chris Germer, who is also another author on self-compassion. Both of them have done some research and do an extensive writing about self-compassion and how we can bring it into our lives. They were the presenters, and I got to learn up close and personal some new ways of practicing self-compassion, but also how hard it can be. So in my Ignite presentation, I talk about what self-compassion isn't. But what self-compassion is, the practice of self-compassion has three main tenets. Mindfulness, common humanity, and self-kindness. Mindfulness allows us to be aware of the present moment and what we're thinking, feeling, and believing about ourselves at that time. Common humanity helps us to recognize that we don't suffer alone, that everyone struggles because we're human. And being human involves experiencing emotional and physical pain from time to time. Self-kindness encourages us to be kind to ourselves when we're suffering or struggling, to treat ourselves with the same kindness we would offer to a friend. I learned a lot on the retreat, and one of the main points that I came away with that there are still times for me that it's really, really hard to believe that self-compassionate voice, that part of me that wants to have compassion for where I am and be kind to myself in those moments. I definitely came up against some resistance. There were moments where I struggled to stay present within the meditations. And there were times when I could tell I truly was not identifying with that compassionate voice. Even though I was saying the compassionate phrases towards myself, there was a part of me that felt like maybe I didn't deserve it. Maybe I just didn't believe it. Because part of what happens with the mindfulness of self-compassion is as we open the door to when we aren't being as compassionate to ourselves as we would like, it also opens the door to memories of when others weren't as, weren't as compassionate as we had hoped when we were suffering. And that can be really difficult. It can be really hard. 
It can hurt. But there were some amazing moments, some incredibly bonding, connected moments that I am so grateful that I attended. I was fortunate enough to go with two colleagues who I consider close friends. So we were able to share and experience this self-compassion struggle together. And that was truly a beautiful thing. Some of the other things I took away from the conference were oftentimes compassion feels more deserved when I'm offering it to others than when I'm offering it to myself. I also learned that there are two kinds of self-compassion. One is the yin form, which is the very kind, soothing, comforting self-compassion. But then the yang form is the more fierce, protective, and motivated toward change part of self-compassion. And that really opens up the door for me in terms of how I can offer my self-compassion because sometimes there might be some fierceness to it. And not just kind and tender. I also learned or it was reinforced that using touch, so finding soothing touch that feels genuine and true to you as you're offering yourself compassion makes a huge difference. So placing a hand on your heart, hand on your cheek, maybe it's a hand on your belly and on your chest, or works for you, try out different things. Um, it can really help you feel that compassion in your body. I also learned that there can be a backdraft effect, which is what I was talking about before, that sometimes when we offer ourselves love and compassion, there might be some awareness of the times when we weren't, when we didn't receive compassion, we weren't received with compassion. But we can meet that pain with mindfulness and compassion for what we didn't get. I also understood that it's so important to feel grounded and resourced, which that's what we call as therapists, that we feel a sense of calm and peace within ourselves as we learn to do this practice of self-compassion. Because if we're feeling reactive, if we're feeling distressed, in ways that we can't feel the comfort for ourselves, then that can just create more distress. So learning grounding skills of feeling your feet on the floor or meditating and taking a few slow, deep breaths to help you feel more present in the moment can maybe help. And it's also really, really important to find compassionate words that resonate with you. So if you're saying, may I be kind, may I be peaceful, may I be healthy, may I live my life with ease, if those don't, if those words don't feel true and real to you, yeah, so play with them and find words that feel true and genuine to you, that resonate with your needs. And 
I think one of the other really important things that I learned was that I know that difficult emotions are a part of daily life, but I also learned that as we practice being mindful of our emotional and physical state, we have choices of how we react to that. And however you choose to respond should resonate with where you are in that moment. So we can resist them. We can be curious about them. We can tolerate them. We can allow them or we can befriend them. No choice is better than the rest. It just depends on where you are in that moment and what you need in that moment. When we can embrace who we are with all of our imperfections and our human suffering, we're creating a space for a radical acceptance of us. And that's amazing. One thing that was reinforced by both presenters was the goal is not to be the perfect self-compassionate person. There is no perfection. We're human. We're imperfect. The goal instead is to be a compassionate mess. And I love that. It just encourages us to, again, radically accept who we are in that moment, no matter what it is we're going through. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. If you want more resources on self-compassion, I will provide them in the show notes. There's an amazing workbook. There is um, all kinds of books you can read, and I will definitely give you a resource list for those as well. So I will close this podcast with a self-compassion meditation. This meditation is called Affectionate Breathing. And it trains the mind to be more focused and calm. It's a form of mindfulness meditation, breath meditation, with added suggestions that bring affection to the process. So as with all meditations, if at any time you're feeling uncomfortable or in distress, you can always open your eyes or stop the meditation, take a few deep breaths, ground yourself by noticing what's happening there in the room or being more present with your senses or really you can tune into your feet as a grounding mechanism, moving your feet, really feeling them on the ground and um, helping you feel more present. So find a comfortable position for the next five to 10 minutes where your body is comfortable and upright or lying down and where you'll feel supported for the length of the meditation. Let your eyes gently close or gaze softly at the ground and take a few slow, easy breaths. Trying to release any unnecessary tension in the body as you exhale.
if you like, try placing a hand on your heart or another part of your body that feels comfortable and soothing. As a reminder that we're bringing not only awareness, but affectionate awareness to our breathing and to ourselves. You can leave your hand there or put it back down at any time. Begin to notice your breathing in your body. Feeling your body breathe in and feeling your body breathe out. Notice how your body is nourished on the in-breath and relaxes on the out-breath. See if you can just let your body breathe you. There's nothing you need to do. Now start to notice the rhythm of your breathing, flowing in and flowing out. Take some time to feel the natural rhythm of your breathing. Feel your whole body subtly moving with the breath, like the movement of the sea. Your mind will naturally wander like a curious child or a little puppy. When that happens, just gently return to the rhythm of your breathing. Allow your whole body to be gently rocked and caressed, internally caressed by your breathing. If it feels right, you can give yourself over to your breathing Letting your breathing be all there is. Just breathing. 
being, breathing. And now gently release your attention on your breath, sitting quietly in your own experience, and allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling, and to be just as you are. And when you're ready, slowly, gently open your eyes or gaze about the room if you had your eyes open, bringing yourself back to the present moment here in the room, wiggling your toes and your fingers, taking a slow, deep breath in. And exhaling out. And when you're ready, you can move about your day. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed the self-compassion meditation. If you'd like more resources, check out the show notes. If you would like to uh, get in contact with me and you're in the Annapolis area and would like some guidance on self-compassion through therapy, you can reach out. I appreciate all of you listeners and subscribers. If you have not subscribed, I would love it if you did. The more subscribers and reviews that I get, the wider my audience is through all of the listening platforms. So please take some time to do that. I will see you back here in two weeks. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. So I appreciate your tuning in again to this re-release of the top three episodes. I hope you took something new away if you were listening to it, whether for the first time or a second time. Once again, I am on break until January of 2020 when I will be back with all new interviews and episodes. I'm super excited with the lineup that I have so far. I'm excited about potential interviews to come and... I will be working on this month of December, a new Facebook group for all of us women warriors to support and be there together and work through some of the struggles. So I hope you'll join me there. I look forward to being back here with the Woman Warriors podcast in January. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, 
and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.